When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Criminality Podcast, the podcast we started because loving reality TV isn't a crime. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I'm great. I am uh, on location, as they say, in my new little setup here, so uh, I'm excited. Yeah, you are. I love your whole setup location. (laughs) You're basically living my dreams right now, Rebecca. You got away from the city and you're living the... what, What kind of life is this that you're living? I feel like it's a novel, like like some book writer wrote you in a story. If you were a single woman, I could write so many stories about you right now. Oh, I've written them in my head because <laughs> I have been upstate without my family more than I have been with them. And I kind of fancy this like a summer Hallmark Christ- Christmas movie, like a Hallmark okay. movie, but in the summer. But I'm hoping there will be like a lifetime twists. So when I walk down sure. Main Street, I, I do project what they might be thinking, like, who's the new girl and what's her story? Yeah. <laughs> um, Are you the main character? <laughs> oh, a million percent. Although I am starting to recognize the deer that I see every day. So that's, if that gives you any indication of the summer I'm having, like I am not in Queens anymore. Like I'm sure I'm seeing the same deer on my walk in the morning. Oh, I love it though. That's awesome. It's cute. It's charming. How is your summer going? Mine is great. The best thing I've done all summer is uh, on Sunday, I went to the beach totally by myself it was an open invitation to family members, but it was kind of like, hey, do you want to go to the beach with me? I'm going to go to the beach. You don't have to go. It's, it's really, I'm just barely really hot. I heard there's a riptide. Yeah. You probably shouldn't come. <laughs> so hot. So my husband was like, nah, I'm going to work on stuff here. And I didn't even ask my son. I love him, but I knew what that would be like. I asked my daughter. She's like, oh, no. I'm like, okay, that stinks. I hate to hear it. So I just <laughs> sat on the beach <laughs> under uh, an umbrella, never touched the water, didn't touch the water even once. Great. I had a book, scrolled through TikTok talk a couple times, just had the uh, watch families chasing their children and thought, that's not me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and waited until I had to pee and then left because I was like, I'm not walking all the way up there to go to the bathroom right. and coming all the way back down. So that's going to be the time I leave. And uh, it was wonderful. I felt like the main character in a very like bargain bin Walmart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was just the prologue. <laughs> I, I support this so much and think, you know, I think parents – I'm going to just go ahead and say moms need to like claim alone time and not apologize about Mm -hmm. it. And what I'm doing is starting to feel excessive. So I'm really glad we're working on this (laughs) podcast right now because this is like getting a little ridiculous. It's all about balance, Rebecca. We're just balancing. We're figuring it out, right? Yeah. Somewhere in the middle between you and me is probably the right space. (laughs) But, um, But I have been working hard on this episode that I'm excited to tell you about. I am so excited to hear about it. Okay. Let's do it. Melissa. TLC has come up a lot on this here podcast, right? From Toddlers and Tiaras to 90 Day Fiance, Seeking Sister Wife even, which I'm sorry, I know listeners are are right there with you, but I'm still slowly, reluctantly cautious. (laughs) Listen, if you start it, I think you actually need to start the first season because this season is so messy. Like the people, it's just like, somebody having a brothel at this point. I'm still watching it, but it's very different than the um, genesis of this show. Okay, well noted. Regardless, this TLC is not that TLC. Today's story is about the other TLC, the crazy, sexy, cool one. That was a clue. My clue was TLC, and I'm talking about the band. I'm so excited. It took me like three days to figure out you weren't talking about the channel. You got me with that clue. That was a good one. It wasn't three days, Melissa. It was like half a day. 
Oh, okay. You're, well, you're, was... you're being hum- false modesty. I appreciate it. I'm humble. But uh, everybody needs to forget the number one guy in the group because I'm going to tell you about the actual number one girl group of all time, TLC. So Whoa. I know, huge. The TLC, you and probably most of our listeners have come to know, features three women, Tion T-Boz Watkins, Lisa Lefty Lopez, and Rosanda Chili Thomas. But that was not always the group's formation. Tion and Lisa met while auditioning for a soon-to-be band called Second Nature, which at the time just had one girl in it, Crystal Jones, and the group's manager, Pebbles Reed. She was looking for two more girls to add to this band to make it a trio. Tian and Lisa just completely hit it off at the audition. They had chemistry. They were like riffing off each other and they just naturally fell into a friendship and it was palpable. Pebbles saw it and was like, they're perfect. They are the two to complete this group. Now, if Pebbles read sounds familiar, does she? Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's only so many Pebbles I've heard of. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's not the Flintstones one. It's the Pebbles Got one. It. It's the former pop star who was just known as Pebbles, kind of like in the heyday of Janet Jackson. She was mm-hmm. not as well known, but like had a career for sure. And she left the solo artist career to move more into the A&R side of the music industry. And if her last name sounds familiar, it's because at this time she was married to music mogul L.A. Reid, who's responsible for discovering Usher, Babyface, Rihanna. He ran Def Jam Records during Kanye's heyday. And he's also produced more songs than we could count, and most of which we know and probably love. So between Pebbles and her own rightful success, not to mention her connection to L.A. Reid, It was a pretty incredible first foray into the business for this new band, Second Nature. So it's February of 1991, and she's like, this is the group. She signs all of them, but she's like, I think we need a rebrand. Second Nature came out of, um, because one of the guys from Belbiv DeVoe kind of was influencing that, and she moved away from him and was like, we're going to change this to TLC, which is shorthand, of course, for Tender Love and Care, but in this scenario, also applied to the first initial of each girl's name or nickname. Nice. Tion went by T-Boz, a name that came about because her friends in Atlanta said she's a total boss, so they called her T-Boz. And oh. yeah, I know. It's it's kind of cute. Yeah. Lisa's nickname was Left Eye, which caught on because when Babyface met her, he said he was attracted to her because her left eye was different from her right eye and that it was a little more slanted than the other. And he thought it was like super attractive. And this should make me feel like creeped out, but I kind of find it charming and endearing. <laughs> I was thinking endearing. Winsome, yeah. Some may say. Winsome. Absolutely. And also, I think most of, I don't know if this is true, but my eyes are different one from the other. Nobody's ever. Oh yeah, mine too. So maybe it's everybody. I don't think we're all symmetrical. Maybe just some people's you notice more than the others, but I really see it in pictures. Uh, and C was just for Crystal, which really should have been the first clue that she was not going to last in the group very long. <laughs> She didn't like exude anything that was like nicknameable. <laughs> so they signed this deal in 1991, and it was a management agreement that gave Pebbles exclusive rights to manage their deals, negotiate on the band's behalf, and in a separate deal, gave her exclusive publishing rights and ownership over the songs and the name TLC, up through eight albums, locked in. Whoa. Yes. Many years later, Lisa Left I Lopez would tell VH1 Behind the Music, it wasn't a good or bad deal. It was just the type of deal new artists get. But more right. on that later. Pebbles had them audition for her then-husband that I mentioned, L.A. Reid and Babyface, because they had their own record label at the time called LaFace. Lisa and Tion blew them away. They were like, these are stars. Mm-hmm. We got to get to work. And then there was Crystal. <laughs> They were not impressed, and they advised that Pebbles fire her and replace her, and they had just the person. One of their solo artists, backup dancers, Rosanda Thomas, showed a ton of promise and that she could be more than a backup dancer. She was the missing link the group needed to become TLC. Or should it be TLR for Rosanda? No, they decided they did not think that would work. No C, no problem. Rosanda was then bequeathed the nickname Chili, and thus... TLC was still intact, and I couldn't find an explanation as why, but I like to think it's just because she's so super cool. I mean, she's just yeah. so cool. So absolutely, chilly it is. Maybe she really liked chili. Rebecca, that's not it. Nobody is going to name you chili because you like chili. It's respectable she's like, though. Chill. She's a fun girl. She's to hang chill. Out she's with. cool and she's chill. You're right. But I hope she loves chili. You're thinking beans. <laughs> you know, 
Now that we have the real TLC information, I want to get just a little bit into each of their backgrounds to set up some of their later career steps and turning points for each woman. Essentially, each young woman, and they were young, I mean, they everything refers to them as girls. They were 20, give or take mm. between 19 and 20 when they signed with Pebbles, and they all really struggled growing up. All three were from poor or working class families, and they all wanted to use their natural talents to get them out of where they were from to build a bigger and better life for themselves and their families. So that was true for all of them, but of course they each had their unique struggles. Tion had sickle cell anemia, which is a horrible disease that I've of course heard of, but I had to do a little Mm -hmm. reading on what it does. It attacks the red blood cells. It causes your joints to lock up, and so you can't move properly. More seriously, it prevents oxygen from reaching vital organs, which just causes chronic pain. Mm. Tion was told she would never play sports, dance, or really just move like everyone else, and eventually her ability to walk and do very simple movements would become severely compromised. So the fact that she not only doesn't allow this to stop her from anything, she becomes one of the best dancers is like a testament to her star power and just that it factor. It's like some people will get that news and accept it. And then there's those people that you hear about that just are like, not only will I dance, but I will dance better Mm -hmm. than everyone basically in the world. That's Tion. Lisa's story was that her father was in the military. He was literally a drill sergeant and he parented that way. Really Mm -hmm. hard on her excessively so. I don't know if it would be described as abusive, but just nothing was ever good enough and just parented his kids like a sergeant does his soldiers. That's the word. <laughs> I wasn't even able to help you. That I was took like, too long. She finds this one. <laughs> that took too long. Uh, her mother did her best to also raise her, but really for different reasons, the parents weren't able to keep her at home and she was mostly raised by her grandmother, Her dad also had a a pretty severe drinking problem, and Lisa started drinking with him as an adolescent as a way to bond and seek his approval. And he was kind Mm. of proud of this and bragged about it to his friends, like, look at her go. She can keep up with us. This theme would really carry on throughout her life. Everything she did, especially in the early days of TLC, was to make him proud and to make him notice Mm. her. And the day she signed with Pebbles... She called home to tell her dad and was told by family members he had just been killed, <gasps> shot and killed by a family member in an oh in a disagreement. Gosh. So he would never know the the milestone that just happened, nor her future massive success. So so sad. I can't imagine what that does to her. I mean, oh. I, I just I can't comprehend that kind of dynamic, and then to be this really big deal and that one person you want to really tell the first person I know it's it's devastating and again at such a low at such a young age to lose your dad in any circumstance but particularly in these just really complicated and then we have Rosanda who also had some some father issues um but hers were that she didn't know her dad and she always felt this just gaping wound and like kind of um hole in her identity her mom shared everything she could remember about him, but he had left both of them when when Rosanda was really little. So her mm. kind of pattern in life that she talks about very openly was just literally looking for her dad, not his approval, but just looking for her dad. And she would later mm. use her fame to find him, which I'll get to. So back to 1991, you have a little bit of an idea of where the women have come from. They're signed, they're about to go on tour, and everything is just, everything looks possible. They are on the brink of stardom and money and music. Their first album, ooh, on the TLC tip is the first album, and it's a hit. And it could be oh on the TLC, like oh or ooh. We can't decide. Uh, what's it called? Choose your own adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Both are good. The, yeah. the album peaked at number fourteen on the U.S. Billboard two hundred. It's been certified quadruple platinum by the record Whoa. industry. So they're now ready for their first tour. The album is out and their first gig is opening for MC Hammer. This is going to be a 90s heyday. You're going to hear so many names and blasts from the past. It's super fun. This is their opener. They have never performed live and their first show ever is going to be in front of 16,000 people. Now, you know how at these big venues, you've gone to like big concerts. The opener is not who you go for. Right. In fact, you might even arrive late to avoid seeing them. This was not the fact. They are backstage and they hear people chanting TLC, TLC, because their hit 
song, Ain't Too Proud to Beg, was everywhere and people loved it. And for good reason. They were like completely breaking the mold on pop music. It was much more in the R&B hip hop space, but it had commercial pop success. And their messages were about being independent women. They were incredibly sex positive, which now is pretty normal for us to see artists embracing. It was not then. In fact, Lisa Left Eye Lopez famously wore a wrapped condom over one lens of her glasses as a fashion statement and a message. Uh, They advocated for self-love and safe sex. And again, in that space, in the music industry, this was not happening. And people were really receptive and ready for it and excited about it. Cut to one year later. It's March 1992. Things are happening fast but they're also happening without the girl's approval or consent. They're hearing after the fact that there's all these uh, merch deals that got rejected, TV show pitches that they never got to review, and all these other opportunities that are never materializing. And that was all by design. Pebbles was managing them according to the agreement that they'd all signed, but it didn't feel right to TLC anymore because they were not being notified of things coming their way. They were hearing about everything after the fact, after Pebble said, it's not right for you. They decide they want to confront her sooner than later because they've got a long road ahead with her and they want to work this out. But this confrontation that the group had all come together to strategize about was foiled because Tian got really, really sick. What I didn't tell you about her sickle cell anemia was that she didn't tell anyone. So she'd had it since she was a kid, but... Lisa and Rosanda and Tian became like sisters. They were so close, best friends, like a family, but she kept this from them because she didn't want special treatment and she didn't want anyone to know. And Mm. she managed it on her own. But she became so sick. It was aggravated by the stress and the toll of the tour and her body just completely shut down and she was in excruciating pain. So she had to obviously tell them. So In the middle of the tour, she's hospitalized for two weeks at a random city, and they reassess their whole tour schedule. Now, this is where I just, I was already such a fan of TLC. Yeah, They were like pretty pivotal in my personal life, which I'll get to, but um, (laughs) this is where I fall in love with them even more. Lisa and Crystal stay in the city where she's hospitalized and are by her side every day. They had the option to go home, take a break for themselves, but instead they just stayed by her side. And Mm -hmm. as soon as she was well, they reconvened about how to confront pebbles which is what they were planning to do but also how to restructure their tours in a way that prioritized tian's health i'm just like i know like it was going to require a loss of money and doing less shows Mm -hmm. and they were all willing to do it and i don't know that that's how it would always end up for every artist no and especially with them coming together after the fact you know what i mean they weren't like they didn't grow up best friends or anything for them to come into this together and to make that kind of a commitment is amazing i agree So they all decide they need to do fewer shows overall and that they need several days off between shows so that Tion could rest and recoup. Then they tell Pebbles they want a new manager. They're just, they don't mince words. They don't try to work it out. They say, you're fired. Pebbles is hurt, but she steps down from the role and allows them to get out of the management agreement. Now, the cynical side of me thinks that this is because she completely owns TLC in the other agreement. Being her manager kind of relinquishes like whatever 10% of different deals she gets. She owns TLC and that agreement was so ironclad they could never get out of it without a really expensive legal battle. So she's like, sure, I don't have to be your manager. I'll just keep owning every song you write for the next eight albums. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So it's early 1994 now. TLC regroups and is preparing for their second album. They have a new manager, but Pebbles is still in charge of their business affairs and... Just like Tian's medical emergency halted their tour through no fault of her own, Lisa's personal life foils their plans to record album two. So Lisa had been dating a guy for a few years, and at this point she is engaged to him. And he is Andre Risen, who was an Atlanta Falcons football player. So in February of 1994, there is a report of intimate partner violence at the home of Andre and Lisa in Atlanta. Lisa tells law enforcement that Andre had struck her several times and threw her to the floor. Shortly after this incident, Lisa finds out that Andre cheated on her. So for anyone who remembers arson was a clue and is thinking this must be the arson part, yes and no. Lisa proceeds to douse their teddy bear collection. I don't have a great explanation as to why they have a joint teddy bear collection, but they do. 
with lighter fluid. But like actual teddy bears weren't this isn't like a another word for something else. Sexual. Wow, you really took it somewhere that I didn't even think I of. I didn't know. No, Who, I think I it's don't teddy know bears. Adult with a, a Look, mutual teddy bear collection? I think when people first of all, people collect everything. Second of all, when True. you get a lot of money and you have like in a weird obsession, you get a lot of stuff. I don't know. They had a teddy bear collection, an actual teddy okay. bear collection. I'll let it go. I'll let it go. Well, Continue. Okay. So she douses them with lighter fluid, puts them in the tub and burns them, <laughs> which is like really like the stuff of horror movies. And yeah. it did burn the marble tub, but she was able to put it out with water, but the tub was a goner and she had to replace it. Otherwise, no damage. I mean, is it arson? Probably. Did the house burn down? No. Not a big deal. And did we really need the bears? No, I absolutely think was, not. It was a solution. Maybe it was a solution. Maybe, Problem solver. <laughs> thank you. Maybe it was his collection. Let's be real. That's I'm what like, I'm thinking. Yeah. Why would you set your own on fire? Yeah. Maybe she thought it was weird, and this was just a great excuse to get rid of it. I like your theory. I like your yeah. theory. So no damage, at least not in the house. It's safe to say at this point the relationship was damaged. So in an act of retaliation. Again, other than burning the teddy bears, she decides to have a wild night out with her friends. She goes out. Nothing is said about what she does, but I think it was just like, a, I'm not going to be home when he gets home kind of thing. Right. She gets home. He's not home. And he crawls in at 6 a.m. So she's mad because her plan kind of didn't really work. Right. And they get in a full on fight. And she said they've had these previous altercations where he shoves her and shoves her to the ground and stuff. But this, she says, was an actual brawl and they were fighting each other and she was very scared. Andre leaves, and Lisa was so upset, pacing the house, and that is when she found 20 boxes of brand new sneakers that I guess Andre had purchased and not yet worn. She looked at all of them thinking, much like what I would be thinking, there better be a cute pair of sneakers in here for me. There there weren't. They were all for him and none for her, and she was livid. So she had been drinking. And she took one pair of the sneakers to that same tub, except it's not really the same tub because by now it's been replaced. By the way, this is like some days later. Okay. And she puts them in there, douses them with lighter fluid, started a fire. But instead of this one being easily doused by water, which is what happened last time, it just kept burning. Literally, the house burned down. And Melissa, this house was big. (laughs) Like like Atlanta, you know those houses in Atlanta, like huge it was a just a pile of ashes. She was safe. There was nobody else in the house. She got out. And she later says she didn't even have remorse. She said she watched the house burn. And she was like, that was an evil house. And she was kind of sad to see it go. Yikes. So police arrive. And she's bruised and beaten. So the story comes out that Andre beats her and that she burned the house down. That's what the media story is. And Andre gets in front of it and says, I'm not abusive. He didn't beat her. He was defending himself. Because she was hitting him incessantly. In the end, it was only Lisa that was charged with first-degree arson. I guess there was enough proof that this fight was was very much mutual. Yeah. And her lawyers were like, listen, you need to go to a treatment center for alcohol abuse. It will help with your sentencing, and I do think you Mm -hmm. have a problem. And that's kind of a thread throughout the rest of Lisa's short life is there is maybe a drinking problem, which Mm. probably started pretty early based on her relationship with her dad. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, was forget- I forgot that whole thing. That was her. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And she yeah. really denies it. And she thinks she does sometimes drink too much, but she never saw it as like an excessive um, addiction issue, um, which, you know, a lot of people addicted to substances don't see it. Yeah. So by the time of her sentencing, she's back with Andre and they appear in court together to kind of present like a we're okay now and hopefully this will also help with the sentencing. Judge was not having it, not impressed by their coupling and gave her five years probation, a $10,000 fine, and she had to join a diversion program for first-time offenders. Now, remember that the group was supposed to be making their second album right when all this blew up. So Tion and Rosanda go in to record the vocals. Now, I don't think we talked about this, but they were the singers, right? And Lisa Left Eye Lopez was the rapper. So often, like, she would harmonize and do backup, but her part right. was often very separate. And Tian and Rosanda carried the, the like, main melody and hook of the song. Okay. So they were going to have Lisa do her rap separately when she was out of rehab. So Lisa got granted permission to leave treatment to record her raps. And on her way there, she literally sees a rainbow. And I don't know if you know the song, Waterfalls. 
Rebecca, <laughs> okay. have a little faith in I me. do. I do. <laughs> it's like my top three song. Like, of, oh, really? I just adore it so much. So mm-hmm. when the lyric is like, I seen a rainbow yesterday, like she literally mm-hmm. saw it on the way to going Whoa. to record the song. So she has this epiphany. It's like this amazing artist, creative moment. And right. the lyrics just come and they and they like change the song around to accommodate this new vision that she had. Wow. So that rap is like born out of that really dark time. But she mm-hmm. did say she got a lot of clarity. She didn't believe she needed to be there for addiction, but she did feel like mentally it helped her sort through some things. Sure. And look, it gave us waterfalls for which I am forever grateful. And this is embarrassing, but it's kind of probably like top five things I'm proud of is that I do know every word to that rap. And why is there saying that is a talent? Rebecca, we celebrate our talents here on Criminality. I've watched every episode of Mama June. Celebrate there, it. Okay. <laughs> we all have our party tricks, right? That we can share and impress or horrify people. There you go. <laughs> okay. So also I just, that song came out, I think like 94, 95. Mm-hmm. And, um, I would sing it with my two best friends in her pool and we did the dance yeah. and the harmonies. Oh, such a time in life. For me, okay. that was Ace of Base signs. You oh. know, I saw the sign that was like a big deal. That's what I remember choreographing things too. That of was my course. jam. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, these songs, they're so important. I know. So good. They're so good. Okay. So their second album comes out. It's called Crazy Sexy Cool. And this is the one I think where I clicked into TLC. I'm, I'm sure I listened to their first one after the fact, but mm-hmm. Crazy Sexy Cool, I was all over it. Massive hit, double platinum, and they're also perceived differently. Critics talked about how they saw growth and maturity in them mm. since their first album, but that they also had this kind of core essence that just was the through line. So it's like they were undeniably them, but even better. And L.A. Reid put it this way, they are much clearer than anybody else on what is and isn't TLC. They make it very clear to the writers and producers on their projects that they what they will and will not sing. And because of that, they've always been a little ahead. Mm. The group turned down major songs. Now, you know how the veil gets lifted like after the fact. You right. think someone – you attach a song to someone and you think it's theirs sure. or they wrote it. But a writer writes it and mm. like finds the artist for it. Guess what song they turned down that – I'll give you a hint that it's known to be connected to someone so different from TLC, a solo artist, like a white young girl. Oh, I, I, I'm not going to be able to do it. They turned down Hit Me Baby One More Time. Shut up. Yes. <laughs> like, I, and I spent so long trying to imagine a TLC version of that song. And frankly, I kind of want to hear right? it. Right? It sounds amazing. But I know. And I love the Britney version. Don't of get course. me wrong. It's hers. But I would love to hear a rendition. So TLC says, it's a great song, but not every hit is for you. I couldn't hear us on that album. Mm. That's what Chili said. And I'm like, that is so cool that they knew themselves. And and I don't know that every new artist has that ability to discern totally. like a hit from a miss for them. Then Tian goes on and throws a little bit of shade and is like, we already did Baby, 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 because they had a song called Baby, Baby, Baby. And I think she was kind of like, been there, done that. Like, right, this right. wasn't for us. So I thought that was cute. So now this is the point where Chili, they've each kind of had their kind of going through like one turning point for each of them, right? So we had Tian's illness, Lisa's arson, and domestic violence relationship. Chili is now, they're famous. So she's like, I'm going to find my dad. And she goes on the Sally, Mm. Jesse, Raphael show. Here's another 90s (laughs) ding, ding, ding. glasses. Yes, red glasses and all to find her dad and possibly other siblings. Presumably if he'd had other kids. And it worked. Her dad, who she verified through DNA, I was so happy to read. I'm like, don't believe every man that comes up saying he's your dad. They were reunited and they end up forging a relationship. And it was not perfect, but it did help her answer some of those questions uh, that I'm sure many people who, who don't know their biological parent have. So it satiated that part of her identity. So now it's summer of 1995. TLC is in the middle of a sold-out world tour. They have close to 10 million albums of Crazy Sexy Cool have been sold. Waterfalls is number one on the charts. Money is just pouring in on all sides. But TLC shocks their fans and the industry when they file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. What? Yeah. I'm going to tell you all about it after this quick break from this week's sponsors. 
Our show has been around for more than three years now, which is really something to celebrate. But when I think back over all of our episodes, one that really sticks in my mind, of course, is the one about the bling ring. There were literally teenagers breaking into the homes of celebrities and stealing thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of items. There is just something so scary about someone being in your home without your knowledge, even beyond just having your things taken. And that's why when it comes to home security, I only trust my home to Simply Safe. Simply Safe isn't just some old fly-by-night security system. It was actually named the best home security systems 2024 by the US News and World Report. On top of that, Newsweek named it best customer service and home security, which is really huge because if my house or the people that are in it are in jeopardy, I want to know that I'm speaking with people who are there to help me. We've had Simply Safe in my house for several years now, and Rebecca got her system last year, and there's a lot of comfort in knowing that I have indoor and outdoor cameras all around the house. And if you aren't sure whether it's something you'd actually use, you should definitely give it a try. There are no contracts and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind. We want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminality. That's simplysafe.com/criminality. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So your question, what and how, yeah. is a good one. And I think it's best if we hear the mathematical breakdown from Lisa Lefty Lopez herself. This is how a group can sell 10 million records and be broke. And everyone get ready to do your math. Okay. There are 100 points on the album. TLC had seven. Every point is equal to eight cents. All right? Seven times eight, 56 cents. That means every time an album gets sold, TLC gets 56 cents. So 10 million records, $5.6 million. That's the addition. Now here's the subtraction. From that 5.6 million, the girls were contractually obligated to pay back both their record and production companies for expenses incurred on their behalf. $50,000, like business deals happening all around them on every side and other people reaping like so much more than that. It's infuriating. Right. Yeah. Uh, That just blows my mind completely. Yeah. Yeah. So the girls start talking about it publicly, which is the shocking part. Mm -hmm. And I have to say it's, I, I just respect it so much. So the lawyer says they have no choice but to file for bankruptcy. There is no other option. They cannot, they cannot pay the debts. They, they are in debt to their manager and lawyers and all of these things. So Pebbles thinks it's a strategic move to get out of their production and publishing deals with her so that they could cut her out and make deals directly with the music label. So because of this, she sues them because she was right. The, law, the chapter 11 bankruptcy does allow them to get out of that deal because there's just no way they can, right. they can stay in it. So in September of 1995, Pebbles sues TLC, LaFace Records, Babyface, and L.A. Reid, accusing them of luring TLC away and sues for $40 million of damages. Side note, Pebbles and L.A. Reid are in a messy divorce at this point, which is probably part of it because suing your husband's business would not be advantageous to you as a married person, probably, I'm guessing. And I'm sure someone's done it, though. Yeah, you're right. It's just a matter of time till we cover it, too. There was also rumors, not confirmed, but widely speculated upon, which is why I will mention it, that Chili and L.A. Reid had an affair. Mm. Unconfirmed. Very much documented as a rumor. I don't know. So a year and two months later, they settle. So, I mean, that's a really long time. Yeah. They settle for an undisclosed amount, of course. What happened is LaFace bought out TLC from Pebbles and Pebbles dropped the lawsuit. That year at the Grammys, because they were nominated and performing at the Grammys and won two, they made what is called the most honest moment in music history. I have one more clip. We're not going to sugarcoat anything anymore. We've been quiet long enough. 
Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. All right. Well, I'll put it to you this way. We are the biggest selling female group ever. Um, 10 million albums worldwide. We have worked very hard. We have been in this business for five years. And we are broke as broke can be. So what do you make of that? I mean, that is pretty bold at the Grammys, two Grammys in hand for them to be like, we're broke as broke can be. It's the most perfect time to do it, though. It's amazing it's- that other people, I mean, I wonder if other people have done this or if they've put in some kind of clause into people's, you know, contracts. If you if you besmirch us at the Grammys, you know, <laughs> this will happen. Because it is uh, the most interesting thing to me is whenever they say your manager is giving you dirty looks. Yes. And I didn't know if you could hear that because I watched it so many times that I, I picked up on that. Like they were like, uh, yeah, can you even imagine their their handlers being like, stop. Yeah. But good for but them. I, good for them. And honestly, I think that's a good point about the future clause. And I also wonder how many young artists did they empower to speak up for themselves oh, yeah. sooner? And to like get better deals earlier on. It's just like a travesty to me that this was their financial reality. Yeah. So five years would go on from this Grammy event before the band would make music again. It would be 1999. The album Fan Mail would come out. And again, it's the number one album with hit singles like No Scrubs and Unpretty. Fun reality crossover. I know you're going to know this. Do you know who wrote Scrubs. Miss Candy Burris from uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. That's exactly right. So that was like the first super fun reality Easter egg. And so fitting. I mean, that's just such an interesting, I mean, it's Atlanta-based, like it just makes sense. Yeah, so good. So the band is back on the up and up, but once again, a tragedy, an unexpected, complete pivot forces them to halt completely just when they're getting traction again. In 2002, Lisa Left Eye Lopez was on a spiritual retreat in Honduras, and she decided to film it for an upcoming documentary about her life. Sadly, she was killed in a terrible car accident that where she was the driver, and the documentary was, of course, unfinished, but it was turned into and completed without her, and it's called The Last Days of Left Eye. I just, I don't go into the accident a ton because it's not a crime. It's just a tragedy. And she was 30. Wow. I mean, just still had so much ahead of her. She had accomplished so, so much. And yet was on the brink of a very new part of her life. And that's what she wanted to capture and share with the world was this new beginning. And it's Mm -hmm. beyond sad. And obviously the world and her band, everybody was devastated. Yeah. So, Melissa, I know what you're thinking. Cool story, Rebecca, but this is not VH1 behind the music. Where's the reality connection? Really glad you asked. Because I have not one but three for you. Melissa, if you watched these shows, I am going to officially crown you queen of reality TV. Some of these. Some of these. One of these I know you must have seen. The others, I'm, I'm very curious. First up in 2005 on the UPN is a little show called Are You the Girl? Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. Have not watched it. Yeah. So basically, the women in the band, the remaining women, Tian and Chili, uh, Rosanda, they felt like Lisa was a void that would never be filled. But they also did what a lot of reality stars did in the early 2000s when they needed a reboot and when they needed to reach new audiences and kind of get their name back out there. They relied on a reality show to do that. The network, UPN, wanted to put it out as like a become the third member of TLC. They wanted to pitch it that way. Mm -hmm. And the girls were like, absolutely not. She's not replaceable. We're looking for a woman to back us up on one song on a new single that we're putting out. That's it. (laughs) And and good for them. Like that was really important to them. So they kind of like retweaked the show and put it out as like, are you the girl to sing this one song (laughs) one time with with the two members of TLC? So the casting tour begins for the series, and it's very much like a competition singing show that we've seen before. They go to L.A., New York, Chicago, Dallas, D.C., Atlanta, Miami, and they're looking for a girl who can sing, dance, and rap. Specifically rap, because they want someone to do Lisa's part in Mm -hmm. the song. What would have been Lisa's part? The song would be called I Bet, and side note here, the host of Are You the Girl 
Ryan Devlin is maybe the worst host I have ever seen Really, on any show. He makes me want to take back everything I've ever said about Carson Daly. Like, he is the worst. I don't know if I've ever said anything about him on this show, but in general, I don't have nice things to say about about Carson Carson Daly. Daly? Oh, I'm like, I didn't know I was here for Carson Daly slander. Um, I just think he's a tool. I don't know. He's just, I just, do you like him? Sorry. No, I don't like him. But now I feel like he's your Kelly Ripa, and this is really... This is good for me. I needed yeah, this for me. We can go tete a tete with um, Kelly Rip and Carson Daly. He's just the worst. Look him up. He's terrible. Ryan Devlin. I didn't watch the whole show. Generally, it's hard for me to watch shows where people's dreams are dashed. Aww. But I will say what I watched uh, wasn't great, but Tion and Rosanda are. They mm. give the, the contestants great and honest, respectable feedback. They are so aware that they're handling people's like fragile dreams and ego. Like they're just, they're like big sisters. They were just, they were so cool. And I think a lot of artists could be terrible in that situation. And they just weren't, they treated everybody really well and they're funny. Like they're very, very watchable and you can tell they're just so, so close. Yeah. So the artist that wins is this super fun girl whose artist name is Oh So Crispy. And she was like a fan favorite. And every time she was on stage, she would be like, oh, so. And the audience like, crispy. And wow. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. So she won. And the best part of the show was the finale because they do a mashup of all their hits, just the two of them, with Lisa Lefty Lopez on a huge screen behind them. Later, they they will tell reporters and cameras that they can't even look at the screen when they perform because they would never emotionally, even all those years later, be able to do it. But they really needed her her presence on stage. So they sing live. And then on her parts, they have recorded previous I have videos of her doing it. It is worth the watch, you guys. Like, just to go back to the, the season finale of Are You the Girl and watch that performance. It will give you goosebumps. But then it moves into their hit song, their new song, I Bet, featuring Oh So Crispy. And I just want to play you a little... Um, part where Oh So Crispy is featured with her rep. Okay. She's great. Right? And so she So fun, yeah remind she has like the spirit of left eye mm-hmm. the vibe but she's clearly distinct and her own right right person and like she just owned it like it's just so impressive to me oh just totally like to get up there with such stars and just like do your thing yeah so cool yeah so for the next show it happened in the same year and it's not featuring one of the tlc members but somebody connected to the group that makes a very big splash on a show i am sure you've watched i know you did mtv's my super sweet 16 oh loved that train wreck me, me too so maybe you remember this episode so remember la reed was the head of LaFace records and he was married to pebbles reed well they had a son and he turned 16 aaron reed his party was featured on my super sweet 16 do you remember it um i i feel like that's actually where i originally know the name la is from that that would make total that would make total sense because a lot of these like music industry like heads like at the age we were discovering that music i don't know that i wasn't paying attention to like the producer behind right right so yeah la reed's kid aaron reed has a party it's sponsored by sony performances were by kanye west jermaine dupree and swizz beats Guests included P. Diddy, Jay-Z, and Santana. It was the highest rated episode of the show ever. Right. And it actually led to a, a deal immediately after. They they negotiated a deal with Aaron to do his 21st birthday five years later, which would be sponsored by a vodka brand. So it was like, oh, we have this whole like storyline for you like going into future years so he's clearly like a business person like talk about being like having like a five-year plan (laughs) be like at 16 my five-year plan is vodka is going to uh sponsor my birthday i know and the best part of this like little side trip learning about this episode and its connection to the episode was learning how they delivered the invitations okay so think over the top uh, MTV, my super sweet 16, 2005. What would the cutting edge 
invitation delivery method be, do you think? Was there drones involved? No, that would be really cutting edge. (laughs) Yeah, that would be like from the future, but hey, people are rich and you never know. Um, MP3. Get (laughs) out. (laughs) I'm just like, oh my gosh, did they like send it on a like nano or something? I don't even know. This is awesome. (laughs) Seriously, it's too good. So that was 2005. Five years later, for our last reality connection to this story, in 2010, our girl Chili is the center of a show. It's about her love life. And what we know about Chili is that she dated Usher. She had a son with her ex-boyfriend, music producer Dallas Austin. And of course, these rumors swirled that I mentioned that she had an affair with L.A. Reid. So it wasn't like she had a hard time finding men. Right. But in 2010, she was single and she is beautiful and talented and Melissa I think she deserves love and if we know reality tv is good for anything it's for establishing true and lasting love right of course (laughs) yeah every time so Chili's spin on this bachelorette style show puts her in the driver's seat and it's called what Chili wants and well we know what she doesn't want she doesn't want no scrubs thank you Candy Burris or a creep for that matter but Chili tells us exactly what she does want After years of dating and disappointments, I know exactly what I want in a man. And I call it Chili's Checklist. He can't drink, smoke. He has to love God. He has to be super fine. Oh, he can't eat pork. It's just to name a few. Now, does that make me picky? Well, my friends think so. Date Jesus. <laughs> it's because nobody else is going to meet those standards. That's not true. Why are you going on dates? No, because I want to find the right person. I'm going to tell you, I'm sending disciples to your house because these are the only people <laughs> that you're going to be able to date that's going to meet your standards, Chili. I love it so much. <laughs> right? I mean, you've got to appreciate a Missy Elliott cameo. Yes, always. So I did not watch this show, did you? I didn't. I, and I only vaguely realized that this even existed. I've always Two wanted, seasons it got. I've always wanted better for her. I just, I Same. always connect her to Usher. Just like that time I knew way oh. too much celebrity. What do you yeah. Know? But like them together, I was like, okay, I love it. That seems like the the pinnacle Absolutely. Right, of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it didn't last for whatever reason, but I think Chili's the total package. Oh, I yeah. root for her. If you're wondering if she found love on what Chili wants, the answer is no, she did not. And as for today, also no. But she seems very content. I checked out her Instagram. Um, she seems like super, like one of these like very centered people. She seems very spiritual. And I did, in looking for if she has a boyfriend currently, find this horrible exchange. But it, again, made me love her more. On her Instagram in 2021, she posted a video of her dancing so well, you know, just being so right. cool, chilly. So some troll on her Instagram basically is like, why doesn't she have a husband yet? Something seems off. Right. Which is just... Of course, what people do on people's Instagram. Chili chimes in and says, because I'm not settling for BS. And I'm like, great answer. Perfect. Because she's not willing to settle. Then somebody chimes in and says that she needs to stop picking men who are out of her league and find someone who genuinely likes her. I am so offended. I know. And I don't know that if I'm like, why are you wasting your time getting in the comments? But she does. She goes in and claps back and I'm, I'm here for it. She says, I haven't met the one in my league yet. He's a rare find like myself. You take care of yourself now. <laughs> people go on to telling her she needs to be less picky and stop picking people who don't like her back. And she just keeps going and being like, I, love I will it. do what I please. And when I, when I find the one, I will know. Like, thank you. And she keeps wishing them like good day. Yeah. It's just beautiful. <laughs> I love it. So- I mean, I loved TLC and it's why I wanted to do this. Like, honestly, the song Waterfalls like makes me emotional Mm -hmm. every time I think about it, let alone hear it. The fact that there were reality shows connected, I couldn't not do it. Oh, yeah. I, I think the TLC, it stands for their names as we now know, but it's like, I was thinking they have a truly legendary career and that is another TLC and I just I feel better for having done the research on them, which is not always how you totally. feel after doing this research. For sure. But it really it's like an indictment on the music industry. Yeah. And I, I don't know that it's better now. I can't imagine it is, but I would at least imagine the information is more out there now and that they had something to do with that. Um, but they do remain one of the number one girl groups in the world. They're second only to the Spice Girls, which is interesting. Yeah. 
and the Supremes. Okay. Fair. But in the U.S., they are number one, even above Destiny's Child. Whoa. Which is who people often think are ahead, but they are not. Sure. So. Oh, that's number incredible. Number one girl group in the world. I know. I love that. And Beehive don't come for us, but I actually like that they're ahead of Destiny's Child for some I reason. I do, too. I do, too. It's unexpected. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they just had a little something extra. Destiny's Child, do, I'm big fan. Of course. Don't, like, huge. But it was all felt like a platform for Beyonce, like to to do, go do her solo career. And that I think a couple of the women from TLC tried to have solo careers that like didn't take off. Like right. they were a threesome. They were a trio. And that's how they worked. That's what they did best. And their music and their sound and their like their their style, everything was so different. They just had their they were just so unique. They had their own flavor. I, I love it. Them. This made me so happy. I mean, obviously there was tragedy and terrible things that oh, happened and crime. Yes. Um, but I love yes. this. I just I knew some very small things about them. So this was like feeding my inner nostalgia. I loved it so much. Good. Oh yeah. Nineties music, like the way some people feel about eighties music, which honestly I can think of a couple songs from the eighties that I would keep. The rest I'm like, kill it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know I'm going to upset a lot of people like that, but for me, like, and maybe it's because I came of age more in the 90s. I was a little sure. kid in the 80s. I came of age in the 90s. And so this is the backdrop to like my big moments right. of life. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was TLC. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Oh, I loved it so much. This is great. Yay. I've been listening to a lot of music. I haven't been watching as much as I normally would be. What um what have you been watching? Can I can I hear? Okay. Can I guess? Yes, Rebecca. I am excited. I've like I've gone more back and forth on this than my episode because I was between two things on my episode, but I was between three things on my TV show. <gasps> oh my gosh. I know. So, all right. So this is what I landed on. <laughs> wow. I know. I had Deep to commit. Breath. Okay. I had to commit. Okay. First one is HBO. First clue is HBO. Second clue, I'm doing my best. I wrote down the pronunciation. I don't know if this is it. Okay. Docky, New York. Synected. Oh, Schenectady. I skipped the K or whatever, the S. Yeah, the it's a not an easy one. Okay. I don't know. And it could be Schenectady or Schenectady, but it's, it's – I think it's the first one you said only because I watched yeah. a movie about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in there. Um, Schenectady. And then cringe. That's my only other cringe? clue. Yeah, like super cringe. But like oh, good man. cringe. I'm not far from Schenectady right now. Um, do you want one extra clue? Of course. Um, let's say John Wilson. Remember him, oh. that show? So it's in that same kind of vein. I don't know it. Okay. The Rehearsal with Nathan Fielder. Oh. I've loved I've Nathan Fielder for years. He's the producer. What would I know him from? He was oh, on something okay. called – Yeah, he's a producer on that. But he was from Nathan For You. And that's when I started watching him. It's a show – It started on Comedy Central. And it's him – The idea with that one is him meeting – uh, business owners to help give them new ideas to make their place more, you know, popular or whatever. Like one time he did um, – Wait, to make what place? Like where their their business, to make their business oh, oh, more oh, – okay. um, bring in more income, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I love shows like that. Okay. But this is – it's so cringy only because he has the most out there ideas. Like one time he created an entire viral video, which you probably saw, of like a pig um, helping a goat out of the water. Well, he like oh. concocted the entire thing. It was fake. But he did it for this uh, zoo but doesn't even bother to say the zoo's name on it. But like just these huge plans, dumb Starbucks. Do you remember hearing about dumb Starbucks? I'm not selling this think- well. No, no, I'm I'm actually very intrigued. But no, what is dumb Starbucks? Dumb Starbucks, that- you know, getting by the parody laws. So they were trying to do uh, a coffee shop, but they were like, "To we can basically steal, not steal. We can basically do the same thing at Starbucks, but put the word dumb in front of it." And it oh became super popular. It was all over the news. The person whose coffee shop it actually was was like, "I don't want to do this anymore." So anyway, <laughs> just think absurd, right? So everything yeah, yeah, he yeah. does, it's not like. Open on Sundays, you know, if you're closed on Sundays, right. it's out. Right. There. right. Okay. okay. So the rehearsal is this idea of his to have you rehearse these ideas, these things in your life, these moments in your life before you actually do them. So in the okay. first episode, I mean, and it's just the weirdest, the oddest people and situations, and he just will let you sit in the cringy moments 
just where you it, it, so it's real people it's real not people like actors. not actors yeah okay okay hires a lot of people off of uh craigslist for various things oh, he does oh my gosh mm-hmm. oh my gosh so so for the first one the rehearsal is this guy he meets with nathan and says hey um I am in this trivia group. I told them that I had a master's degree or I let them believe that and I want to come clean. I They've thought this for 10 years. So it's a very small problem. He recreates an entire bar, every detail of this bar <laughs> in it for him to practice it over and over and oh over again gosh. because he claims this one lady is going to be violent if, when she finds out. But anyway, they like secretly somebody secretly meets with her the actress that's going to play her I I mean just these ideas Rebecca are just so out there um I I cannot explain it you have to you have to see it to believe it so the one I will see it the one he's doing right now it's like I think this one's a two-part it might be more this lady wants to have a baby so to help her decide if this is for her they hire child actors for like two days at a time like I mean, but they have to switch them out all the time because of child labor laws, but it'll be right, like right, right. an infant stage for two days and then a toddler stage for two days. That's actually a great idea. It is, but it's wild. It is so oh, wild. I'm sure. But I will say it's so uncomfortable. But the Schenectady? Schenectady. Schenectady. Okay. People compared it to that as far as like this whole giant play kind of going on. Okay. So I ended up watching that and I hated it and it's not the same, but... um. That's like the weirdest movie I've ever seen. Um, it's so fascinating. I think you'll really like it, but it's not something I recommend to everyone because it yes. is it's very John Wilson, like cringe. Yes. But to a level I can't explain. Nathan for you is one of my top five shows of all time, but it's Wow. Yeah, yeah. Have we ever talked about that on here? Mm-mm, I don't feel like no. we have. No. Mm-mm. Okay. That's awesome. So each episode is one rehearsal, like with one person. I it's think like centers so. around one story. This okay. one is two parts because he's the first episode. So many kids. Yeah. It's it's hilarious because like she'll put the baby down and you see the crew run with another baby, go into the house, take that baby out, put a new baby in. Oh it's my gosh. it's just the most extreme. outlandish. Yes, like, yes, absurd. Yeah. yeah, so absurd. No, I'm 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 intrigued, and this is weirdly I feel like in the same family as the show. I'm going to share. I'm excited. Okay, bring it's it. It's not, but a little bit. Okay, let's do um, it. I'm excited because I need new shows. I'll be really honest with you, and everybody. Um, no, just me. Actually, everybody stop listening. I'm be really honest <laughs> for the first time in an hour. I have been listen- watching Married to Medicine and all the – there's so much on Bravo right now. I know. So I have been doing The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls so and like all the other franchises that like that's a lot of TV. It is. Working on this episode and then anyway, watch like more movie stuff with my kids. So I had to like seek out some shows. Ooh, okay. To have something to talk sure. about with you. And I heard about this one. So this is, I guess, a clue. I heard this actor interviewed on a podcast, and I went and found it. So your clues are Peacock TV, John Early. You know it. I loved it so much. Go ahead. Do your next clue. It's. I didn't have one, actually. I was making them up as I go because I was very unprepared. What was it like? Not, not please clap. It's some kind of – what is it? You're it's, so close, Melissa. God, you are just like – I just love it. I feel like – you are, what are you? You're like a savant, and that is not an insult. Idiot savant is, and we don't say that anymore. Savant is like, you're like a freaking genius around but TV stuff. Do you hear what culture. you're saying around TV stuff? I am well, that's a genius. A savant, when it comes it's an to... expert. Okay. It's an expert level. Okay. So please clap. It's called, do you want me to tell <laughs> yes, you what it's please, called? Please, because it's going to drive me crazy. Um, would it kill you to laugh? <laughs> so good. Which said another way is please clap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's I was watching it and I'm like, I am enjoying this, but I think Melissa is going to love this. Like that's all I could think of when I was watching it was like, I can't wait to share this with Melissa and I hope she hasn't already seen it, but I bet she's already seen it. But for anyone who doesn't know about it, which was me, I had no idea about it. And it came out like in June, I yeah. think. So it's been on a few weeks. It's free, peacock free. Um, would it kill you to laugh? John Early and his comedy writer partner Kate Berlant. I think so. Is her name? Yeah. I find her funny. I find him hysterical absolutely it's very hard to explain it's absurd 
it isn't like um, the rehearsal in that it's not real people. It is scripted. But the other person in it is Meredith Vieira. And it's kind of a show within the show. It it takes place on the stage of this fake show called POV, Point of Vieira, Mm -hmm. where Meredith Vieira plays herself and is hosting these two friends who were comedic partners, performers for 20 years, but they had a falling out and they're reuniting for the first time. Now, so they're sort of playing themselves, but sort of playing characters. It's very confusing. And then like there's sketches within the show that kind of retell the falling out of these two friends. And the one that, I mean, the opener is this scene with them in a book club where neither of them had read the book. And they're in this like very, I don't know if it's LA or Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. same person though, like ultra like cool, like future cool trends. We don't know our trends, like just hipster environment. They haven't read the book and everyone's talking very specifically about what they love about the book. And then they get to Kate and John and they're just speaking really broadly, but like with conviction, like the most relatable cringe thing I've ever watched. And he's like, you know, it's just mostly what I keep coming back to is like, oh, when I finished it at like completion, (laughs) just closing the book, like wow, I finished this Mm -hmm. book. Like, and everyone's like, so what did you think of it? He's like just the feeling, like the themes, you know, yeah. like the themes is <laughs> overwhelming. Like it's so I loved funny. everyone like, yeah, saying like, you can just say if you didn't read it. And they're like, what? Right. And they're like, who in here Excuse didn't read me? this? Are there people who didn't name yourselves? Like so, and like his big, um, what's the word? Like um, not your shtick. I guess it's his shtick. It's like he just like gets, he like takes ill mm-hmm, a lot. Like mm-hmm. that's like his go-to stunt is he just faints mm-hmm. or like, like shows symptoms of things that indicate he's having a stroke. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Tasting a nickel. I- <laughs> yeah. Smelling burnt toast. Yeah. And they're like, no one's was. toasting. But if you really are, that's serious. And we need to call a medic. He's like, no, no, I'm fine. And then he's like, whoa. And he's like painting. It's, oh, it's so, so good. good. And they do like a parody of Will and Grace, mm-hmm. a sitcom that is, you got to see to believe. Mm-hmm. So if you just want to laugh, it's 52 minutes. I think people should give it a try. If they like like offbeat, quirky just character work. Yeah. It's very, very good. And I'm so happy you knew it. I'm, I kind of wanted to share oh, it with you, but sorry. of course you know about it. Um, but yeah, that was my, uh, that was what I watched. It was good. I love it. I stumbled upon it a few days ago. I didn't even watch it that long ago. And I, um, I was thinking so of funny. sharing it for this because it's so like kind of out there and I don't think people yeah, will it's, find it's- it. Exactly. So fun. I though. never would have found it. Um, you might enjoy John Early's interview on Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. It's really fun. I haven't. I didn't hear him on that. He was just on Comedy Bang Bang a couple weeks ago, and oh, he mentioned that makes it. Sense. And that's oh, how nice. I. Um, that's how I found it. So yeah, I, it's nice. so weird, and I love it. They're they're one about the beavers or whatever in the airport. Oh, that was so it was weird. So weird, but I loved it. It, it was just it was so uncomfortable and bizarre, and like. Were they never explained why they were beaver, they, like never? never. <laughs> no, no. Everyone just accepted it. I loved it so much. It's so out family there. Family of beavers. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. I loved oh, it. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. But um, yeah, those are great. I'm I'm excited. Um, oh, I'm going to check out the rehearsal. Like, I'm telling you, you have to be willing to sit in the uncomfortable situation. I probably won't sit. I will pace around yeah, and you'll like, have clean to. the kitchen while I watch, but yeah. I can do that. But it's, I, I mean, that. he just, oh, it's so good. Okay. So Rebecca, would you like to hear my clues for next, um, next time? I really, really would. So my clues, by the way, we're kind of in the same theme, a little bit in sync here, and you'll see why whenever I tell you in a couple weeks i don't expect you, because you know that i'm not gonna get it because you know i wouldn't get it i wouldn't get it because i love that the clues all go together but i wouldn't have put it together but i don't know any other way to do it and yet you did i okay. did ready ti mm-hmm. Ooh. jagger oh fsu okay so we're in the music space we are maybe sports okay like Florida State? The only FSU anyone needs to know. Florida okay, State okay. University. I, I, Home of the yeah, Seminoles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Tallahassee. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I feel like I will be stewing on it and be trying to figure it out. Yeah. it's That's exciting. I'm excited. Splashy. And it is. it is. I cannot even believe there's a reality connection, so I got to start watching that part of it. Oh, my goodness. But I'm pumped. Cool. All yeah. right. Well, this was so fun as Loved always. It. Yes. 
Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening, and thank you to everybody who has reviewed Criminality. If you haven't yet and you enjoy this podcast, please go give it five stars. Tell us what you like about it so others will know and find it as well. We appreciate that so much. Yeah, I love that, Rebecca. Um, You can find us on, okay, let's say Instagram and TikTok. That's that's about it at this point. Yeah, and and Melissa's really just ignoring the charge on TikTok. I need to do more, but... I, every time I come up with an idea, I'm like, that'll take me more than five minutes. I don't think I can put my brain into yes. that. A hundred percent. If it takes more than five minutes on TikTok, it's probably you should. It's not it. worth it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And Melissa has a show on Tuesdays with Mandy called Moms and Murder that you can listen to. And Rebecca is on, the on off a weeks. summer hiatus. I sure am. And so you'll be you'll be here. You can find you here, right? And Rebecca, where can people find you in the month of August? Not entirely, but like on a two-day oh, period. I will be in um, moderately the moderate climate of Dallas. Yeah, in August. <laughs> end of August mm-hmm. uh, for the True Crime Podcast Festival. I will be representing both dialogue and criminality. So come if you're going to be there. And it looks like a really good time. It Lots does. of great indie shows will be there. Come say hello. I would love to meet you and give you a sticker. Yay. Okay. Well, we will be back in two weeks, Rebecca. Can't wait. Me either. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Criminality. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and give the show a rating and review. The reality is it would be a crime to keep your thoughts to yourself. And come join the fun outside of the podcast and follow us on social media. We are at Criminality Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Memes are welcome. We'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, you can catch my co-host Melissa on her weekly show, Moms and Murder. And Rebecca Sebastian on her podcast, Dialogue, a true crime conversation. Don't forget, loving reality isn't a crime.